0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 62 of the Switch Focus podcast. I'm your host, Andy Corrigan. Ginny's missing this week, but with me is Andrew Brown. Hello. Uh, Ginny's not gone entirely though, we're going to splice in her thoughts of both the Nintendo Direct and the stuff we've played this week. Uh, So look forward to hearing from her. So let's jump into the latest Switch news. (music) So of course there was a Nintendo Direct this week. Uh, Personally, I thought it was a a pretty good one overall, but not spectacular. What were your thoughts, Andrew?
1: Too much anime.
0: (laughs) Ginny would probably say not enough anime.
1: Well, only one of
0: us can be wrong, and I vote for her. (laughs) I'll be the fence-sitter. There was just enough anime. Uh, Let's kick things off. They started things off with Super Mario Maker 2. I was convinced it was just going to be a straight port, first of all. Uh, most importantly they're adding slopes to the editor now which is a a much missed feature from the previous game
1: it was totally deliberate that that was the very first thing they showed was (laughs) there are slopes now (laughs) Uh,
0: they're including the mario 3d world tile set so we get to see mario in a cat suit so that's kind of cool obviously that was a 3d game so it's weird that they're putting it into the 2d format but it it gives him some nice uh, abilities like he can climb walls and things so that's pretty neat i don't know where you were on this one, but with the previous game I didn't spend so much time creating as I did just using it to play endless creative Mario levels.
1: Yeah, I, I spent most time playing other people's levels as well. I used to actually do every Sunday night a stream of me just playing other people's levels. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was a pretty good time, but uh, I just didn't have the creative spark to make anything interesting with the tool set, so I, I, I don't think I spent more than two or three hours in that editor tool the entire time i had the game
0: (laughs) yeah same i think
1: and yet it it was still my game of the year the year it came out
0: so (laughs) yeah it was super good but it's one of those where it it lives and dies on the strengths of the people that get to grips with that editor so Mm -hmm. um i got kind of fed up of playing those passive levels where it just put you on a uh, moving platform and just took you through everything without you having to move that was kind of annoying but yeah
1: all good. I got fed up with levels that just dropped a thwomp on your head oh, yeah. as soon as the level started. <laughs> I, I, when I got those levels, I would just just straight up skip them. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I, I got better things to do with my life than deal with this nonsense.
0: <laughs> uh, so the next thing they announced was Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. I am a massive fan of the previous two games. Uh, this is by a different team. Uh, looks a little bit different, and I think it's an entirely separate plot, but... Uh, Still pretty neat. I was a bit worried at first about the lack of Spider-Man in the trailer, but he appears right at the end on the, the title card. So, have you played the previous ones?
1: I haven't played Marvel Ultimate Alliance, but I have played X-Men Legends, which was the game that predated the Ultimate Alliance games, and I I enjoyed them. They were They were a pretty mindless Diablo clone that had more emphasis on multiplayer, and I enjoyed them, but they weren't that great but you know this is building off of the marvel cinematic universe it's drawing in all the properties that marvel hasn't been able to take advantage of so much in recent years but now disney is starting to reacquire all those properties so they're being brought back in now so that's pretty exciting and it's also being made by uh, team ninja and there were a few clips in there that showed that this basically kind of looks like a, a marvel musou game in many ways, you know that might just be from the videos that they were showing. We haven't really seen the game fully in action yet, but especially that scene with Thor just taking out an entire group of enemies just using big flashy attacks is like that's Dynasty Warriors there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of hopeful it's going to stick with the Diablo style formula, but we'll we'll see how that one pans out. Box Boy and Box Girl is uh, sort of a a new version of an old game, I guess. I, I've never really looked at that. Do you know much about it?
1: I think it was one of the last Wii U games, like one of the last Wii U indie games that people were actually paying attention to, but I I really don't know anything about it. Uh,
0: They also promised the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Spring update, but didn't provide any details at all about what that entails, and then just said basically Joker's out in April. Big Persona fans, I'm looking forward to trying him out. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, did you pick that up originally?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I beat it in two hours, and I haven't touched it since. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's
0: a good game, but it's it's very short lived. And they're adding two player co op to uh, pretty much every course, I guess. And that was available at the time of the direct. Haven't jumped in. Not not the sort of game i would look to play co-op in
1: no i mean it, it was already super easy so yeah. <laughs> playing it co-op would just trivialize it
0: <laughs> and uh they're adding some new courses in paid content in uh, middle of march which is neat for fans who want to revisit that uh hang on a sec this wasn't castlevania ritual of the night was it was that a joke
1: well, it's Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, but blood let's just stain. dispense with the, the theater. <laughs> this is a Castlevania game. <laughs> yeah,
0: it did look very Castlevania, or as I, th- I thought partway through, it looked very uh, side-scrolling Bayonetta, with the big enemies and the, the flashy attacks and the time manipulation sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, it just looked like Castlevania to me.
0: Yeah, I'm certainly interested. I, I It came out of nowhere, but I, I wrote it down on my list of things to look at, so... Must have impressed me on some level. Dragon Quest Builders 2. Care to make a, an abstract noise about that one? Oh. <laughs> that is coming out sooner than I thought. Uh, July 12th.
1: Later than I thought. Yeah, well, okay. Fair enough. Uh, heaps
0: <laughs> of features. Uh, multiplayer for one. Three player, I think it said. And first person mode if you just wanted to make it a bit more like Minecraft. <laughs> That's a neat feature. Uh, retro map as well. I like that. Uh, staying on the Dragon Quest theme, concrete details for Dragon Quest Eleven S, now called uh, Definitive Edition as well.
1: Yeah, Square Enix is not allowed to name things anymore.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's too long, too damn long. Uh, now I, I really love Dragon Quest Eleven on on the PS4, and I, I I'm more than happy to revisit it again here. Yeah. Superb game, and they're adding more stuff to it. Uh, last week we mentioned that they were adding. Heaps more uh, voice and dialogue, and this time they're adding more stories—one for each of the playable party characters, which is really cool. And um, those characters were sort of my favorite thing about Dragon Quest Eleven, like the the main characters, just a, a blank slate sort of thing. But all the, all the supporting yeah. party are really interesting, and I I loved learning about them.
1: That's typical of the Dragon Quest game.
0: Yeah, uh, so that's good. Um, one I can predict with. Neither of us are bothered about Disney's Sumsum Festival.
1: I guess these are toys that have taken the world by storm. This is the first I've ever heard of them, so... <laughs>
0: uh, I've seen them. I didn't know that there was a mobile game already, but it's some sort of Mario Party rip-off with the mobile uh, game
1: included. Are these, like, those toys that parents kill each other for to get at Christmas or something?
0: Not quite. They're just, like, little plushies that are yeah. just deformed Disney characters. So, <laughs> they're just, okay. like... <laughs> pillows. They like pillows instead of the actual characters, but kids seem to like them, I guess.
1: Yeah, kids are dumb.
0: It's true. <laughs> uh, st- There's a free update coming to Starlink Battle for Atlas uh, with Peppy, Falco, and Slippy all playable against uh, Star Wolf's commanders, I guess. Uh, I still haven't gone back to the base game of Starlink, so I probably won't be interested in that at all. Uh, Rune Factory 4 Special is coming later this year. I've never played Rune Factory. You looked at that one ever?
1: I've played the first Rune Factory, uh, clear back on the DS. and uh, It's a weird game because it came out of a weird situation where the original creators of Harvest Moon couldn't use the Harvest Moon name anymore, so Rune Factory was actually the next quote-unquote official harvest moon game and then now there's a whole different harvest moon series made by a bunch of different people which is why the harvest moon series has gotten so bad unfocused (laughs) on farming lately yeah but you know i just look at this Rune factory 4 game and you know it's 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 fine i'm sure there's a lot of big fans that are out for it now but it just seemed redundant and unnecessary when i already own stardew valley so (laughs) yeah yeah no no real interest in it for me
0: I feel like people will be more excited for the announced Rune Factory 5 than they would be for this one.
1: Mm, I'll have to see what they do with that.
0: Yeah, see how they improve those visuals. um, Because it did look like a a DS game running on Switch, basically. One that I'm definitely looking forward to is Oninaki, which is from Tokyo RPG Factory, who did I Am Sitsuna, which I loved, and Lost Fear, which I didn't. Um, But they're making an action RPG uh, about Souls. That instantly got my ears up. Where you play a character who can traverse planes and and rescue people from this alternate world where their souls exist. And yeah, I really like the look of that one. Uh, And it's good to see them sort of branch out because they were just doing like cookie cutter, SNES style RPGs. And this is, I feel like this is something of their own, uh, something a bit different, which is cool uh yoshi's crafted world they showed off a bit more of that that of course is coming in march 29th they dropped a demo uh, i was going to cover this under the what we played but we may as well talk about it here yeah so they released a, a one level demo or at least i haven't unlocked any others
1: no it, it's one level only. cool <laughs> uh
0: it's pretty easy as most of these sort of nintendo platformers tend to be but there's there's plenty to do in this one level, they, you play through it once. Uh, there's things, lots of things to collect on that first run. Uh, then they send you back through it backwards to find Poochie puppies. So you get to play, "Where's Poochie?" And then you can collect stuff for a cardboard robot for some reason who who wants cows. To <laughs> so you go in a third time. It's cute. I really love this art style. It's a little bit little big planet, uh, but they they've done this sort of thing before. It didn't look quite as sharp as I I thought it
1: would. I think what it is is it, it it's so building on that idea of everything being handcrafted and handmade and they've so nailed that aesthetic that it looks cheap. Yeah, cuz like everything is supposed to be like made out of cardboard and like even when you do the level backwards you can actually see the other side of things and it's like the grass is made out of newsprint and tape and they've really made it look like, everything is made out of that stuff. And since it's so cheap and handmade in its construction, it it looks kind of barren and cheap. But we've only played one level, so uh, maybe the later stuff will look a bit better. But I, I think it's just gotten into its aesthetic a little too well. I definitely prefer the look of Woolly World based off this one level we've played. But it's just one level, so I'm hoping... That later levels will have a little more detail to them.
0: I, I think we can definitely expect more variety, at least. So we'll we'll see how that goes. I I I'm sold on the demo. Like we say, a little easy, but I expect that from from Nintendo in this sort of game. So
1: well, this is made by the same people who made Yoshi's Woolly World, so I was sold just from that alone because Woolly World was fantastic. So
2: yeah,
0: so check that. Check out that demo see if if you're into it. Okay, so they also gave us a bunch more information on Fire Emblem Three Houses. They've dropped the release date back a little to July 26. Now, I think we had opposite reactions to this. This this trailer made me more hype and it made you (laughs) less hype.
1: I wasn't hyped at all because, you know, the only Fire Emblem game I've played was Path of Radiance, clear back on GameCube, which is a game that, if not for Ike being in Smash Bros., I think would be completely forgotten at this point. So I haven't played any of the Fire Emblem games that have come out since the series has become, you know, one of Nintendo's big series. I was hoping for this to be the game that would really get me into it, and based on what we've seen in this trailer... That has not happened because when I see an anime aesthetic and I see a school, <laughs> my alarm bells start going off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's fair. It is a scenario that's very much overused in in, in Japanese media, I think,
1: yeah. like even that attack on Titan game that I played last year, yep. almost the exact same setup where you know you're you're in a war, but it's set in a school. Uh, it's like can we pick a tone here please <laughs> uh, i'm interested because i like they made
0: out that you're basically all at this one school and you're going to get sent out and do these missions just against like you know you know thieves and stuff and and low-level enemies i think that story is going to take a turn at some point and you're gonna
1: almost oh, definitely like like the first thing they said in the trailer was that this takes place in this continent that is home to a goddess yes. i was like oh well, that's a that's an interesting thing to mention that i'm sure won't come up later in the story at all yeah that's
0: that's definitely going to come up but um and i'm I, I did see a few voices i know one of our mutual friends was a bit disappointed with the art style because they were a huge fan of like fire emblem awakening which i love yeah. uh a game i love but i i'm really enjoying seeing them expand on the visual style and not not rely just on the pixel art and the like, the constraints of the 3DS, I, I'm, I'm really digging this sense of large-scale battles, even though it's still sticking to that, uh, like, group-based combat. I'm interested. Uh, I'm definitely hyped for that one. I th- I would go as far to say that if it wasn't for the last game and they announced, this would be my most anticipated game of the year. Easy. Uh, So, the next thing they announced was Tetris 99, a Battle Royale game using Tetris. Uh, that came out then and there. Uh, I've downloaded and I love it. So it was was free um, as an incentive for people uh, with online subs or for people to sign up for Nintendo Online. It's a good multiplayer for me because you feel like the stakes are high but you just sort of focus on your own board. Um, But it's got this system where you can uh, add garbage lines to other people's boards. So it's basically 99 players and each gets eliminated as, as their board fills. And you can sort of choose to either target individual boards. You can sort of generalize by say you want to do randoms or people that are attacking you. After I played the other two demos that dropped uh, on that on that day, I I went to play ten minutes of this and it turned into four hours. <laughs> and I went on to play uh, a bit of bit more of a game that we're going to talk about later, and I went on this instead and spent another hour and a half. So. <laughs> I like it. I'm going to keep dipping back into that. Uh, what about you? You tried it?
1: I did it for an hour so I could post a a first hour video on our YouTube channel, and I I don't see myself ever going back to it. I like Tetris. I enjoy Tetris, uh, but this game does not really explain its mechanics to you. So uh, I I've since read several articles on several different gaming pages that explain you know how to target specific people and what your actual goal of what you want to do in order to survive is and uh, they're not the things that i was doing in that first hour <laughs> video <laughs> i did manage to uh place in rank nine as the highest i got
0: yeah fifth was my highest um but I, I fear if i do get number one i'm never gonna play it ever again <laughs> yeah. finish undefeated
1: tetris is just a, a game that i play uh i don't want to say to relax but uh, it's not a game that I want to play where there's garbage coming at me from the bottom of the screen. I, I just want to focus on what's coming at me from the top. So <laughs> uh, that's fair. It- it's 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 free if you have a, a Switch Online subscription, which is nice. Uh, it's impossible to turn your nose up too much at a free game, especially when it's a really quality game like Tetris. But you know, I have Puyo Puyo Tetris, and I would rather just play that.
0: That's fair. Um, I just get stuck on uh, Tetris as a, a score attack game because I'm not big on score attack. Like I, I don't find that a motivating factor for me. So having it in like a competition state like this really helps me with motivation. So yeah, I can see myself playing this quite a lot. I do have Poyo Poyo Tetris, and I just I I didn't get on that well with the Poyo Poyo side. So
1: well, I didn't either because Poyo Poyo te- Tetris does not teach you how to play Poyo Poyo, which is really frustrating but it has a mode in it that just lets you play tetris and i've spent a lot of time in that
0: um i actually think i like this more than the tetris effect as well so yeah sorry
1: oh yeah oh you're gonna get emails yeah good direct complaints to andy at (laughs) SwitchFocusPodcast.com.
0: thankfully that was the wrong email address but never mind
1: (laughs) (laughs) don't tell them that it's a secret to everyone Show at (laughs) switchfocuspodcast.com.
2: So I was basically threatened at internet gunpoint by my friends, aka peer pressured into playing this game. I like Tetris, but it is not the kind of game that I would like invest hours in. I know some of my friends have done so and are incredibly skilled, and it definitely showed what I played. Um, But it's the kind of game, um, first of all. It's free if you have Nintendo online, which is... Fine, makes sense. It's a Tetris battle royale game. You basically have to defeat other people with the power of Tetriminos um, and eliminate them with combos and whatnot, and and win. Um, I have friends who have placed in the top ten of their matches, top three of their matches. I've never broken twenty, probably. I'm just really bad at this. So it was fun to try. It is not my jam, but it has proven conclusively that Nintendo, A, can make fun of themselves, B, that the Battle Royale trend is far from dead, and and C, that you know we can get some really wacky stuff here in the e-shop and you know what it's basically going viral people love it if anything it's a really really great advertisement for nintendo online um and why not i think it's great there's potential for the scene to develop what if we have i don't know tetris battle royale esports who knows we've seen weirder things and you know for me it's a fun idea executed well just i am the last person in the world that's qualified to play it so i'm gonna have to pass
0: uh, so they also announced uh, Dead by Daylight coming fall 2019. This is, it looks like some sort of multiplayer horror game where one of you plays as a killer and the others play as the survivor. looks similar to that Friday the 13th game that came out on PSN last year and that looked interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked clunky as anything though on that trailer.
1: It looked old. Yeah. yeah it looked like a an early PS3 game, but you know... You have to tie me down to a chair to get me to sit through a slasher movie, but I'm actually kind of into the games. Uh, I was actually interested in this, and if if it's the right price and it doesn't get review bombed, I, I will probably pick this up.
0: Yeah, conceptually, I'm I'm down, but yeah. I don't think I'd, I'd jump in if it's a multiplayer-only thing either, so... Deltarune is coming February 28th. That's sort of the, the follow-on from uh, Undertale, uh, Toby Fox. Chapter 1 is free to download... Uh, and you can preload it now, so that's cool. The other demo they dropped on the day was for Daemon X Machina. Uh This was a game that looked really interesting to me uh, from previous trailers and from previous directs, and after playing the demo it is no longer interesting to me. In this game you uh, play as a mercenary who gets to use uh, things called arsenals, which are just mechs basically, and you go and do missions in these open environments. Uh, it's got a really neat, interesting visual style, which is what sort of grabbed grabbed me mm. previously. Like it's got really stark colors. This demo shows off. It's got an, a really cool range of environments, like these deserty areas and and build up cities. There's a a really nice aesthetic here, um, but the gameplay just bored me senseless.
1: <laughs> it's a really bland mech shooter game it's like if you played a mech shooter you've already played this game
0: yeah it just like there's no feedback to what you're doing like am i doing okay i don't know i can't tell Mm. uh numbers come off that's that's about my only me my only clue that anything's happening at all i found the ground-based combat better like you spend a lot of the time flying in the air and it's just not very fun to control and the ground stuff you're at least skating around and dodging and and all this sort of stuff so like the strong points here are definitely like its design, visual design, and and its variety. But they're just nah, I I they'd have to change it quite considerably for me to get my interest back on this one. Um, a lot of deep customization options. Like you can switch weapons out. Uh, a lot of the gameplay loop is getting new weapons from from combat. Uh, but yeah, I didn't even see the demo through to be honest. Uh, I tapped out.
1: I didn't yeah. either. I quit after like three missions. I was like. I don't know what's happening. I don't know who any of these people are. I don't know why I should care. I quit. <laughs> Pretty much my thoughts.
0: <laughs> now I forgot this one was coming. Grid Autosport. You're not big on racing games at all, are
1: you? Uh, the fastest way to make me stop caring about a racing game is to use the word realistic.
0: Okay, so I I, I I'm interested. I like the Grid series. I I I really like stuff like uh, Gran Turismo and Forza. So. I'm sure to give this one a look. Looks nice. Seems to run okay based on those trailers. Like obviously not as nice as current gen systems, but you know, I think it's gonna be the best realistic racer the, the Switch has had. It had the port of the that mobile game, I can't remember what it's called. But this'll this'll be this'll blow that blow that out of the water, I'm sure. A surprise release was Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, one I've been meaning to play for ages. It's been on my PS4 for god knows how long. Will I play it on Switch? Possibly looks it's set in a viking era sort of well at least viking mythology and uh, deals with subjects of mental health it's meant to be very affecting also has a bit of a harsh mechanic where if you die too many times it deletes your progress which is thematically tied in with with the story um, and I think it's hard to do like like it's hard to get to the outcome but it is a thing that it does so yeah I, I, I would be interesting to seeing how that runs but considering I own it on PS4 I should probably play it on that first uh, we have a note here obviously that developer has been bought by Microsoft does it mean more microsoft games could come to the switch they do have a nice partnership i hope so i'd love to see something like cuphead hit switch
1: cuphead i think will be announced before the end of the year
0: lock that down as a prediction i like that i like your confidence i want it mortal kombat 11 i i I reckon we're both interested in this me as a fighting game fan and and i know you've enjoyed the previous games too
1: yeah but this and same thing for hellblade this is a game i'm going to want to play at home on a big tv and with a big sound system it's cool it's going to be on switch especially like you know if this is your only platform that you own or if you you just need your platform to be portable for you to play anything that that's a situation a lot of people are in but for a game like hellblade or more combat 11 i would just rather have it on playstation 4
0: fair uh i'm probably gonna end up getting it twice just out of principle and and the fact that i did buy a switch 5 stick, <laughs> so i really want something to use it on because yeah d- doesn't really work well with smash brothers unfortunately
1: and like in a few years when prices drop if i can get mortal kombat 11 for five bucks sure but it's not gonna be a day one purchase for me on on uh switch for sure
0: well here's the other thing with this as well i've always even as a teen like i had a fascination with portable ports of big games and how they manage that so my collection is full of stuff like match max pain for gba <laughs> uh, oh, me- Medal of Honor and that Max Payne game is really good by the way on, on actually, uh,
1: the GBA Game Boy Advance you know, port if you want to call it a port of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 is actually really good too
0: yeah I, I love I, I've, I've just got this sick fascination with this and although the Switch sort of blurs those lines quite a lot more than any other portable console like I, I still have that fascination about seeing how well Mortal Combat runs on this system Unravel 2 is coming the co-op platformer game uh, this was a, a one of those that was a Microsoft exclusive, I think, for quite a while, now coming to Switch. Possibly the one Assassin's Creed game that no one wanted on Switch is coming to Switch <laughs> in Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered. But it does have all the DLC and uh, the Liberation game, which started off on vita and did get ported eventually to other consoles and was my favorite thing about that whole generation of assassin's creed that's again one of those i'll probably look at in a morbid curiosity sense like how well does assassin's creed run on the system i'm i'm interested in seeing that liberation is great they just missed a few opportunities with that story and with that character which was a, i was a bit sad with at the time Final Fantasy VII has a release date, March 26th, so I'm going to buy that for the 7th billionth time.
1: Dang right.
0: Uh, Final Fantasy IX came out on the day of the directs, uh, I believe you bought it?
1: I was going to, but you know, I've got Tales of Vesperia that I'm still halfway through, or a third of the way through, however far I am into it. I, I need to finish one of these big huge RPGs before I get another one, not that Nine by today's standards is really all that long, but... I begged off until I can finish one of these things I'm already playing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did this thing with this direct where it was like, there's a lot of lengthy-looking RPGs on this list, and I really need to clear off some of my backlog of RPGs, because I've got heaps. Uh, so I did actually start Tales of Vesperia this week, I'm going to carry that through. Uh, so sorry, War Groove, you're abandoned for the time being, uh, and I'll come back for reasons we'll talk about shortly. Sacrilege. <laughs> Uh, they announced that Chocobo Mystery Dungeon. Everybody is coming on March twentieth. That's sort of like a look like a turn based dungeon crawler. I know it's a part of an old game. I haven't played it. I have picked it up since, but haven't actually booted it up yet or tested it. So I probably should get on that. This one really caught my attention. Astral Chain, made by Platinum Games, a developer I love. Futuristic hack and slash bayonetta like.
1: Yeah, I couldn't really tell what it was. <laughs> uh, on On Twitter, I was being flip, and I said this: "This looks like if a Japanese studio made an Ubisoft game." <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, I get it. I I feel like they also hinted that there could be some two player elements to this.
1: Yeah, they were very vague about that. They, they, a lot of the things that they showed about this that you know were just clips in a sizzle reel they didn't really show us what this game actually is so i I did pre-order it but i'm super wary about a lot of the things in it like uh like the main characters look like they're cops and i'm like oh yeah you know in the climate where i live that might not come off too well depending upon what direction they go in this story so uh, i'm i'm still very much on the fence on this game i i may end up skipping it
0: I feel like they were posing questions about whether these uh, young cops were actually on the right side, so maybe they, they will do something with that. Um, and then finally, they announced... One of my predictions came true, actually. I did say a Zelda something, and last year I mm-hmm. did say a 2D Zelda would come. And yes, they are going to remake the Game Boy Classic, Link's Awakening, which is hands down my favourite 2D Zelda.
1: Good choice. Sorry,
0: A Link to the Past, but Link's Awakening was better. It was also one of the most important Zelda games for me that I've played. It was certainly the one that actually got me hooked on on the series as a whole. And it was also one of the first like adventure games I beat without any help, which mm-hmm. was cool. I just kept plugging away at it. Uh and I'm I'm really digging this visual style. Of course it's very different to uh the likes of Breath of the Wild. They're going for sort of like a a toy look as everyone keeps pointing out. Uh it really does look look like the Game Boy game just in high def and with uh colour. Uh, I just what a great way to end end the direct I thought I'm really excited for this I cannot wait Uh, it says here you have a hot take
1: yeah I was looking at this and you know this is probably wrong but there were rumors about this last year that this was something Nintendo was working on and I was looking at the map and how everything actually does conform to a grid this is probably just uh, mimicking the original style and the original layout of the original Link's awakening game because they actually did recreate it square for square the flowers are even in the exact same spots but i was thinking what this might actually be is a zelda maker Ooh. and they're just kind of keeping that secret for right now and like when you get the game it comes with the complete Link's awakening pre-built for you but it also has a tool in it that you can make your own zelda games in it that are in the lynx awakening style
0: oh i would find that equally delightful and frightening at the same time <laughs> oh my god yeah okay that that's a bold one but i can see where you're coming from i would love a zelda maker though
1: yeah there were rumors last year that this was something that was floating around so i, I that just came back to me when i saw this it was like that looks like something that they could easily give you the tools to make this stuff yourself without you know stretching the bounds of what the switch is capable of yeah
0: i like that And even if that isn't it, I really do hope we see a Zelda maker.
2: So, the Direct. I was... (laughs) I watched it while I was at work. So, I had my attention split. But needless to say, I was basically so captivated that I had to watch it again when I got home. And there were definitely some things that stood out to me more than others. Quite a few of the early parts of the Direct I could kind of do without. Super Mario Maker 2, for example. I mean, everyone knows that that is not my jam. So no surprise I wasn't into it. Box Boy on Box Girl, as well as the Smash Ultimate update. I mean, stuff that we knew was happening, but the Smash update's portion itself wasn't very comprehensive. So I was like, yeah. And uh, needless to say, I was furious at Captain Terror Treasure Tracker releasing new content, paid content, in March. Okay, God knows why we need more of that stuff. But anyway, regardless, there were some bits that I was not really into. The bits that I was super into, though, um, Dragon Quest Builders 2. Just ridiculous. Um, I loved the first one, Andrew converted me, basically. Um, I had not played many of them before and it just worked. It worked. It was great. And I want it again. Um, Disney Sumsum. So I've played this mobile game heaps. Guilty pleasure. I love it. It's basically a match three game or like some other kind of various mini games with Disney themed characters. Like Kingdom Hearts, it has inexplicable charm. I'm keen for it. Although I'm so used to playing, I guess, free to play versions on the mobile. Don't know if I'd really shell out for this one. Let's see. Oninaki looked really good as well. Um, I know Andy and myself were both burned by Lost Sphere after loving I Am Setsuna basically a whole heap. So I am cautious. Although the aesthetic really speaks to me. I really love how the game looks. I love what I've seen of it so far. And I want to hold out hope. I think that Tokyo RPG Studio slash, sorry, Tokyo RPG Factory can learn from their mistakes um, and make the game 20 hours shorter than Lost Fear. And twice as engaging. And then obviously the big one for me, the big, big one. Well, one of the two big ones was Fire Emblem Three Houses. So from what we've seen now, it looks like a Harry Potter, you know, Three Kingdoms-esque type situation with escalating conflict, people studying at a military academy. And what I assume will be slice of life moments, um, I 100% know that I'm going to be Team Edel- Guard because, I mean, have you seen what she looks like? jesus okay let me just say the other two cool but i have very specific tastes and it looks really fun it looks like what we expected um obviously it's no longer going to just be the one-on-one unit battles that the old fire emblem games well i say old i mean the current ones have it looks like more of a sort of tiny war slash advanced, advanced tiny metal advanced wars mechanic whereby you have a squad that takes another squad, and you've got like a commander on the field as well. I'm keen to see how that plays out theoretically and also mechanically in the game. It's a new direction for it, but I'm very keen, everything that I saw is maybe more hype. You know, the visuals are on point. Um a bit of a question mark about the um protagonist's armour if you play as a woman in the game, but We'll get to that another time I guess when I actually play it. But aside from that, looks great, sounds great, I think it's gonna feel great, and I'm very, very keen, if not more so, after seeing that bit of the direct. Deltarune being a thing is also great, I loved Undertale, so very pumped to have it on Switch. I played it already when it came out on other platforms earlier last year? Earlier this year, earlier last year? Um, but like I said, always glad to see these games come to the Switch, always glad to see smaller titles, niche titles, acclaimed indie titles come to the Switch, even if it is a couple of years late. Um, anything to diversify the eShop market, really I'm happy with. And then so on that note, you know, we've got things like Hellblade anyway Sacrifice, we've got Unravel coming, Assassin's Creed 3 remastered with all the DLC and liberation. So there'll be a bunch of stuff that i bought before and played before that I'm probably going to rebuy again just because the Switch is my magic console. For example, Final Fantasy VII, Andy knew I was going to be there. Chocobo Mystery Dungeon, I've also been clamoring for that. So I'm very, very excited to see it on the Switch. And um, Astral Chain. So that's the other big one. Um, I know controversially, they there are sexy police people on Astral Chain. Terrible. Um... <laughs> But it is a game that looks incredible um, just from the visuals. And I mean, it just it's everything that I want. Just insane combos. Just, you know, ridiculous combat. Everything is sort of high fidelity, neon, cyberpunk, dystopian nonsense. I live for that stuff. So I'm very, very keen on Astral Chain. Um, and obviously, the Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening Remake. I have seen all the hate posts on Twitter. Um, I've seen everyone bashing it um, and wondering why Nintendo is doing this. You know what? It's fine. It's not really the Zelda property I imagined, I suppose, in the rumors leading up to it. But I'm happy with it. Would I get it again? Yeah. I really, really like how Nintendo has consistently interpreted... Um, it's remastered content. And so this is one of those things. I hope it doesn't end up like the Dragon Quest remaster, which was a shameful secret that we'll never speak of again. But um, I've got high hopes, very hopeful. Overall, I am super impressed by the direct. There are some things in there that people have picked up on that they love, which I don't necessarily love, Tetris 99 being one of them. Um, but apart from that, um, it was a great show, really enjoyed it, and I'm just so, so hyped for the rest of the year.
0: Okay, so with that done, uh, let's get on to what we've played this week. Okay, so Wargroove. Uh I've been plugging away a little bit more at this. Um I have to say I like Wargroove. I don't love it, sadly. <laughs> um and it's not just down to the difficulty, which we're gonna talk about shortly, they've they're addressing that very soon. But just some of the systems don't gel particularly well with me i kind of don't like the uh, less health equals less damage mechanic it sort of just conceptually ruins any of my strategies that i i, I you know i bring forth from other strategy games and i, I don't i know that was the same system in Advance wars but i just don't have any nostalgia for that game and whose fault is that that is entirely my fault uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do want to finish it though and i do want to keep plugging at it i It is difficult like I say and I I banged my head against the same level for two days and eventually beat it and I think with some of the systems here what I'm struggling with is when I've managed to turn the tide uh, in some cases I can tell why I've been able to turn it in my favor but some reasons have just eluded me completely like I, I, I haven't got a feel for like what What is turning a match in my favor? I I think part of this is also down to the campaign mode. Uh, A lot of people, including you, have told me like the arcade mode is probably fairer and better representative of what Wargroove can be.
1: Yeah, very much so. The campaign, I think I even talked about this in last week's episode, is it puts you in very specific scenarios that you're expected to overcome it's not at all a representation of what playing the game in a competitive environment is really like and the trouble with that is is the campaign is so hard and they've even come out flat out and said this one of the quality of life changes they're going to be making sometime in the near future they haven't put a specific date on it is adding actual difficulty levels to the campaign and the difficulty level that's in the game right now, as a standard, is going to be the hardest difficulty level in this new setup. So that kind of gives you an idea of where the game is at right now.
0: Yeah, that that suddenly makes a lot of sense as well.
1: And, but then even to unlock the arcade mode, you have to play the campaign. To unlock all the characters in the arcade mode, you have to beat almost the entire game. It's not until you're in the last chapter that you'll unlock all the default characters. Then there are hidden characters, again, hidden in the campaign. And uh, the puzzle mode, you have to play the campaign to unlock it. So you got this very monolithic mode that is, by the developer's own admission, on hard difficulty, locked into hard difficulty right now, and you have to play it to unlock any of the single-player content. It's a pretty frustrating setup right now.
0: Yeah, the, where I left it, I wasn't actually stuck. Um, I had one one attempt at the side mission where where you're playing as the dog and you have to, to sort of Uh, fight off waves after waves of bandits and thieves Mm -hmm. Um, I did manage to beat it but I I just sort of dropped it for Vesperia for a while Um, and I think I'm probably not going to go back till this quality of life thing comes in
1: Yeah that's totally fair, like even Caesar the dog, his maps I found were the hardest maps in the entire game and there's actually a reason for that but uh, it's a spoiler so I won't won't reveal it Okay, but even I found this game exhausting to play, I could really only do two or three maps a day and that was a three to four hour commitment. So <laughs> this game took me much longer to beat than I expected it would.
0: So I did have that thing though where I was like, okay, if I get stuck on something more than five times, I'll even if it's just temporary, I'll just knock up the damage dealt slider a little bit just to give me an extra edge, just so I can get past past the thing I'm stuck on. And um, but I find I'm too stubborn. And it's like, well I've yeah. got to this point without doing it, so I'll just keep banging my head against it until I do it. Um but I think knowing what I know now I'm probably just going to knock it down to medium when that patch hits. The other thing that patch is adding is a checkpoint system to the campaign, uh, which I, I feel a lot of people were crying out for because uh, it is one of those, if you make one mistake it will punish you massively. Uh, and I found that in a couple of my map runs. They're going to make the unit effectiveness easier to read. Uh, one of my big complaints was the length of time it takes to skip battle scenes. Uh, leading to me turning them off entirely, then making that yeah, faster. Yeah, so
1: you you can just turn them off entirely. Like, and if you've been playing Advance Wars for you know any amount of time, you probably have them turned off already. The animations are fun to look at, but they make a match take three to four times longer to get through. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, and with this, I would probably put them back on. And still skip a lot of them, but just ad hoc. Like, watch them when I want to watch them. Toggleable movement speed is coming. They're going to show you what the S-rank requirements are on the map screen before you jump into a mission. Uh, They're going to add a confirm end turn option. I suspect a few people have fallen foul by clicking on the wrong square.
1: I did that two or three times playing through the campaign before I finally got control of my fingers. But I would have appreciated having that option before I, you know, learned to stop doing it.
0: (laughs) Uh, and they're going to show you the damage range instead of the damage average, which is good. Um, what I really love, uh, other, as much as I said I don't love this game, I I do love their commitment to listening um, and making these changes. Like the, the difficulty thing has obviously been a massive factor for a lot of people, and it's hampering their enjoyment, and they're acting on that, so that's cool. Uh, you've beaten it finally?
1: I did beat it yesterday finally and that last level is a doozy <laughs> it's a it's basically a complete gameplay change uh you might actually like it because it's basically a fire emblem level Ooh, uh, okay. but i was not a fan and then those pseudo patch notes came out today and i was reading and was like oh those would have been nice features to have had <laughs> yesterday <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> Moving
0: on. Uh, that was like me with Wasteland 2, having struggled through the, the constant crashing and then finding out they were releasing a, a patch to fix that the day after. <laughs> <I finished beating. laughs> God damn it. Okay, well, let's move on to something else. Uh, you bought yourself a flip grip.
1: I did. And if you don't know what a flip grip is, it's a just a little brick of plastic, basically, that your Switch can slot into in a vertical format. And it has two little notches on the side you can put your Joy-Cons into. It basically lets you play your Switch games in a portrait format. And there are several games out that support doing it that way. Like Downwell, which just came out a couple weeks ago, Mm -hmm. has a tape mode in it. And Downwell, if you haven't played it, it the game is your character falling down a well. It's a very tall, very narrow game. So when you're playing it on a widescreen format, there's a lot of real estate going to waste. It kind of looks dumb. So that was that was finally the impetus for me to finally get one of these flip grips. There are several shmups that use it and... Ikaragra? Uh, yeah. I, I always thought it was pronounced Ikaruga, but okay. Probably is. <laughs> I don't know. I've never played it. <laughs> but most importantly for me is... Uh, Pinball FX3 has a tape mode, and if you played a pinball game on pretty much any platform, you know that either the camera follows the balls, it goes up and down the table, or it just splits the table in half and just warps between screens. However it works, it's disorientating because it makes it hard to really aim your shots and see what's up above you while you're down below. Playing in tape mode with a flip grip just completely removes that problem because it just lets you see the whole table in a portrait format and i have been picking at the doom table in pinball fx3 i don't remember when i beat the skyrim table but i I think it was march of last year maybe it was a little later in the year at least six months i've been working on that doom table the first day i had my flip grip i got through it and i did everything else on the table that i hadn't accomplished yet i don't know if that means anything i might have just gotten lucky but certainly if you're going to be playing the mini pinball simulators that are on uh, the switch now of which i still contest that pinball fx3 is the best of them if you're going to play any of them you know the flip grip is a pretty good argument for it
0: nice uh now one of the games that you mentioned that you wanted to play last week was minesweeper genius Uh, i believe you bought it but thanks to the good folks at stride pr uh both me and Ginny also got codes and were able to check that out and this was wouldn't have been on my radar Under normal circumstances, not with everything I've got to play and everything that's still in my backlog. But I like it a lot. It's a super fun little puzzler. Its it's rules are sort of based on the old Windows uh, Minesweeper format. Basically, you have a grid with columns which tell you how many mines are in that line. uh, And they're hidden. But in this one, instead of clicking on the squares, you actually have a, a character you have to navigate from start to finish. Uh, And there's variables, like some tiles will flip the lines around or make you jump or modify the the board in some way. Yeah, uh, I like it. I'm finding it very easy at this point to get like the the three stars.
1: Yeah, it it didn't really challenge me all that much.
0: I haven't tried any of the advanced levels that they are there. Uh, If you can 100% one of the the worlds, have you jumped into any of those?
1: Oh, I've done everything. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh nice i'm probably i'd say halfway there um it's got a weird world structure where it goes from a to m i don't know if you unlock the rest of the alphabet once you've beat those
1: it, it ends at am i on the money there so there's uh, okay 13 yeah there's 130 standard levels and then there's like 60 advanced levels and none of them are that hard to get through <laughs> but i'm not criticizing the game for it because I, i'm a huge fan of minesweeper i used to play it all the dang time when i was in college and i was supposed to be paying attention in class <laughs> and i would do things like <laughs> set like records of clearing the board in seven seconds and stuff like that <laughs> nice. very good use of my time <laughs> so as soon as i saw that there was going to be a adaptation of a minesweeper game on switch i was like oh yeah i'll, I'll definitely grab that because i love minesweeper
0: i i i found yeah i did find it a little too easy or at least so far anyway um and from the sounds of it, it doesn't sound like it gets that much more difficult than than what i'm going through at the moment but it is a nice little little spin on that formula i found
1: yeah it, it's it might be more challenging to people who don't immediately cotton on to the strategy because like it builds itself as a mix between minesweeper and a nonogram game which is true it is those things uh, But, you know, when you're playing Minesweeper, when you're playing Nonograms, you're kind of charting out the entire board, whereas this game, you actually want to be focused more on where your character is standing, because your character can move in four potential directions on the grid, but there's only one possible direction that they can actually move in without stepping on a landmine, and your goal is to find out what that one direction is, not to find where every landmine on the board is, then move. So... It really narrows down your focus on what you're supposed to be focusing on. And once I figured that out, that was when I just started breezing through the game. I enjoyed it thoroughly, loved it. And the big plus in this game's favor is is actually it's all randomly generated, even when you're playing through the campaign mode. It'll make you a new board every time you replay a level. And then there's a custom mode that you can go into where you can set the parameters of the map or you can just hit random, and it'll just give you a random board. So that's a great time filler. There, it'll keep you occupied, and it's it's not you know the kind of puzzle game that'll leave you stuck for hours on one puzzle. It'll take me maybe a few minutes, maybe a few screw ups before you figure it out, but it's very rewarding and i enjoyed it thoroughly i I think this is one of the best puzzle games i've played on switch
0: yeah and it's perfect fodder for if you're watching tv and you just want to play along with something yeah i checked it out i recommend it wasn't on my radar before but i I really enjoyed what i've played it's six bucks so (laughs) oh i didn't know that either so yeah and it's cheap i definitely gonna see it through this week while i'm watching tv and stuff so that's cool
2: so, like Annie was saying, thank you for the people at Stride PR for giving us codes. Um, it is a puzzler. I um, did my research before I played it. It is was originally a mobile game, which I sort of got that feel of, I suppose. Um, and it sort of really did play that way. Um, bite-sized levels, um, nothing overly complicated, I would say. Like, good for holding my attention minutes at a time. Um, I did find it quite easy early on, um, controls, intuitive, pretty much seamless, but I, I really enjoyed, I guess, the play that they had on mind sweeping <laughs> per se. Um, if you play the game, you know what I mean. You've got something that literally comes and sweeps away the mines. I think it's adorable, and it's hilarious, and it's a cute way to, I guess, display it. I really enjoy the minimalistic graphic art style as well. Not normally the kind of game that I play, um, I would say. Um, I'm not one for puzzle games, but this was great to play just on the bus, on my commute, like just a small bite-sized entertainment. And I really did enjoy it. I I do feel like I would start to struggle um, as as the levels went on, but that's because I'm really actually quite terrible at puzzle games. Like, Sturku, don't even get me started. Like, I can barely handle any game that requires filling in tiles or referring to a grid, like, my brand is not built for that stuff. So um, I note that um, Andy might find most of the levels easy. He may have a storied puzzle game history compared to me. Um, that's not the case. I'm still enjoying it while I can. Um, I really want to know, I suppose, if the, if the mobile version um, is identical to the Switch version of all the contents there. From what I've heard, the mobile version has stuff that you can actually pick up after you've cleared the base levels. Um, I'm not sure if that's like a complete package release that you need to buy stuff for on the App Store. Um, but if so, I hope that that, that DLC slash content's available in the Switch version. I'm going to keep it on. It's quite fun. I, I do really quite, actually quite enjoy the background music. Um, it's very refreshing, I suppose. And also, it's a, it's a kind of game that handles well. It's not complicated; it doesn't have to be. It's a good, solid mobile port, and I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. Uh,
0: and then the last thing I wanted to talk about was Tales of Vesperia. So, as I mentioned earlier, I did actually start it in a panic because of all the new RPGs coming this year. I'm probably about four hours in. I just got to Aspio, the the mage town in the caves. Not much more to add on. From what you said last last time, uh, I agree with you on the combat. The free running is a bit annoying. Yeah, it's um like when you were describing it, I was envisaging the combat from Eternal Sonata or uh, the first Nino Kuni, in particular. <laughs> <And> <laughs> they they just do it a lot better. I think that whole management of space and the the three hundred and sixty dangers that that come with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I get that because like. This free-running mode, it feels bootstrapped on to the lanes that were added in Tales of Symphonia. Because those lanes are still there. You still run back and forth and then you activate the free-running by holding down a shoulder button. It doesn't feel natural. It doesn't look natural. I just, I'm not a fan of it at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and so far at least, anyway, it doesn't seem to add anything other than ensuring I can get hit from, from behind from an enemy that spawned that I didn't know was coming. And the other thing was the, the skits what do you reckon what do you think about the the skits skits are
1: a a tail staple and i enjoy them i think they're great they add a lot of character without really you know loading the game down with too many cutscenes.
0: yeah i enjoy the the back and forth Uh, i like the way they use the the panels for humor like if they're backing away slowly from someone and the the panel sort of slowly slides off the screen but i kind of hate that they stop me dead I feel like the sort of thing that could play out while I'm travelling somewhere, or doing something else, you know what I mean? (laughs) I just feel it it just sort of stops me, because then it's got the other cutscenes on on top of that as well. I, I, I just feel like they could be sort of incidental conversations during characters while i was, while I was moving around
1: I would get interrupted by battles or whatever's happening too much and like you, you gotta activate these cut scenes, these these skits by pressing a button when you're prompted in the first place so you don't even have to do them if you don't want to so I, I don't
0: yeah
1: i mean i i'm coming at it where i played tales of symphonia half my life ago at this point so i i'm I've completely internalized these uh, these skits and how they work, so I'm I'm probably not even thinking about it from that perspective. You know, they're just there. I expect them to be there. I know how they work. I'm completely satisfied with them.
0: Um, my other question for you was: you mentioned that Yuri does some stuff. <laughs> that something happens. How long into the game uh, were you when that happened?
1: T- Ten, fifteen hours in, maybe. It's it's at the end of like I guess the first act where he starts okay because like, like he's presented as this this rebellious bad boy but you know how it is in rpgs where the rebellious bad boy is just kind of this normal kid with a bad attitude yuri does some stuff so <laughs> just just keep playing and your jaw will hit the floor like mine did i was like did that just happen oh my god i, I keep seeing
0: what i think of little little flashes that something's not right there yeah but i i think i might be overanalyzing it based on what you said last time so yeah i'm looking forward to this cuz I, I do like him so far as well i think uh he's he's an interesting character mm-hmm. although you know at this point very very much a stereotype of that sort of character well, but have, have you played a, a tales game before i have not this is actually the first i i own tales of the abyss on 3ds but i've never got around to it
1: well this that's kind of the tales series trademark is they set up like these this really tropey almost cliche like rpg scenarios and it just plays like through really straight for you know 10 hours or so then you get to the plot twist and it's just deconstruction after deconstruction after deconstruction. And Tales of Symphonia was like that. Tales of Vesperia is absolutely like that. Uh, it's a good series if you're into characters. I, if you follow, you know, like the discourse around the series, that's usually what people are talking about is the characters.
0: Nice, and I, I the voice acting, like uh, I'm finding that pretty good mm-hmm. for this genre as well uh we always have to add that for this genre as a caveat when (laughs) when these sorts of games have good voice acting i don't if it's crap i say it's crap (laughs) i i I realized it was troy baker Uh as yuri uh and i like him he's he's a good voice actor pre-fame troy baker yeah and he suits this character pretty well so far i think so yeah uh, interesting to getting further into it so i'll keep you posted Uh, i'm gonna be playing this for some time to to come i think i think that's about covers it so uh, let's talk about what we're playing in the next week so i'm gonna i did have here that i was going to jump back into war groove but i might be waiting for that patch to come see how i feel uh i'm still sort of slowly chipping away at new super mario brothers ultimate deluxe and of course i'm going to be playing a whole heap of tales of vesperia uh, Andrew, what are you going to be playing?
1: I forgot to look up what's coming out next week, so I don't know what's coming out next week that's <laughs> new that I'm going to be playing, but maybe something. But uh, I d- Tales of Esperia, I need to get back to that, so I will definitely be playing that a little more in the coming week.
0: Cool. I can't wait to talk to you about the, the thing <laughs> that I <forgot> to <laughs> Yeah, to. try to get that. <laughs> uh, and let's hear what Ginny's going to be playing.
2: So basically this week, I'm going to be trying to finish off Wargroove, um, because Chapter 6 has been kicking my butt. Just kicking me up and down the street. I have really, really struggled with the difficulty coming into this. I knew that I was initially very happy with everything and said that I wouldn't be too proud to tune bits up and down based on what I needed. But newsflash, I was wrong. I am way too proud. And so I'm stuck now in chapter 6 to figure out what to do. Um, I will cave at some point because I know that I have to move on and I really want to see the story concluded. And I've been seeing Andrew and Craig... And other people sort of crack into the multiplayer stuff and the extra levels. And I just want to do that instead. Like, I don't want to be stuck in story forever. I want to see it through. So this week, if I can't crack Wargroove with my current settings, I'm going to start making life easier for myself so I can finish it. And apart from that, I have some more Tales of Vesperia. I've been really too busy to actually pick it up and enjoy it. And I need to catch up to everyone else in that as well. But knowing me, I'm a Tales fan. I love the Tales series and the franchise in general. And this is giving me a lot more positive vibes from the start than Berseria did. So I'm hopeful that I'm going to love it as much as Andrew thinks I will. Because I'm J.I.P.G. trash. So very pumped. I'm very excited to actually into it. And hopefully I'll have an update for you guys next week on how I go with Vesperia.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Switch Focus Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It'll really help us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, TuneIn, and other podcast services. Be sure to join our Discord server to interact with the lively Switch Focus community. Follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and at switchfocuspodcast.com for news and other content. Links are on the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, you can now buy us a coffee. Details are on our website. Thanks in advance. And if you want to follow us all individually on Twitter, you can do. I'm at Flame Roast Toast, Andrew is at Play Critically, and Ginny is at Ginny Woes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh,
2: Jesus. No.